Good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. I, I am just going to confess off the bat, it was terribly difficult, even with an extra hour. It was so difficult to, to not do church only online today. And part of that's because I'm the pastor, so I have to be here, all right? But I, I want to be here. And if this is your first time, my name's Nathan. Um, I'd love to meet you after the service. Um, but I get the privilege of getting to be pastor here this morning. The reason it was hard not to email the whole church and say, let's just do online today. We've got people on mission trips. Um, There's also something not COVID going around that people are sick with. And it's just going to be a tropical, balmy Colorado November day, like usual, you know. It's it's supposed to be like mid-70s, approaching 80 today. Anyway, so I'll see you at the beach afterward as we work on our Thanksgiving tans. So... um, Anyway, with all that said, uh, I know it'd be easy to have our minds outside these walls, and I'd, I'd ask that you join me in prayer, that God would just uh, center us on his word this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we are reminded of the incredible privilege, as the last year and a half has shown us, uh, the incredible privilege to gather as a body and to open your word and have you, uh, as only you can, illuminate it in our hearts. We pray that you would uh, open our eyes to your work in our lives on the pages of scripture and with your spirit. Move us, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there are, I've been reflecting lately about how there are just certain items that get you through life in certain seasons of life. For instance, you all have probably some nostalgic things that got you through when I was a kid. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes, the comic strip. I loved reading Calvin and Hobbes. A lot of ideas uh, came out of Calvin and Hobbes to just wreak havoc in our house, okay? Um, there, there were um, Oreos, which I've talked about pretty much every single week. But anyway, I'll move past those. But Legos. Legos I've been, I've been thinking on lately. And the reason is because I had to pull them out of the soles of my feet this week. Um, as, I, as I chased our little guy into his room, he, he decided to mess with me. I chased after him. And I, I, got paid, I got paid back for what I did to my parents growing up. Because here's what would happen. You know, Legos, yes, thank you, Dad. That's my dad clapping up there. Um, you know, Legos, you buy them because they're a fun toy. You feel incredibly productive when you get done with them. And then when you get done, it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, I've got this assembled thing, but I want to keep building. And so uh, the obvious purpose of Legos is to build. Well, we all found this destructive use for them. See, what would happen is my sister and I would be fighting when we were younger. And um, we couldn't be quiet enough for mom and dad not to hear, so we'd hear them coming. And that would cause us to engage, like, evasive maneuvers. And so what we would do is, she'd be like, they're coming, what do we do? I was like, you, you just throw the Legos. Just throw the Legos. Yeah, but we'll get in trouble. I was like, no, it stops them. They, it buys us time to get the window open and get out or whatever it is. And so um, if you are age 12 or under, you can thank me later, all right? If you're above that, I'm so sorry. But anyway, if I have to deal with that pain, we all got to deal with that pain. I bring this up because today we're actually wrapping up what you, you just saw the title on the screen there, Gathering Dust. And the idea of it is, for the last month, we've been talking about this thing that we've been given in our lives that is meant to help us go through life. And it's not just meant to help us go through life. It's meant to actually move us through this life. Obviously, it's God's word. And so as we've talked, we've talked about, you know, you can, you can have, a, 
one of the goals of this whole thing was just to get you to open the Bible. Because our Bibles will sit there and they'll gather dust, won't they? And, and if you've got a, a uh, if you use the Bible just on a digital device, even that can gather dust, can't it? And so week one, we just said, just open it. Just, just consider opening it. It might be the first time in forever, but just open it up. But as, as we got into it, we realized it, it, that's not enough. Because as you walk through this life, it's, it's not just that our Bibles gather dust, our hearts gather dust. And what happens is when our hearts gather dust, we can end up using that thing that God meant to sustain us and get us through life in ways that he never intended, right? I mean, how many times have we, have we gone when we, when we really just needed a quick word of advice or something useful or um, a, a supporting point from God himself in, in an argument with somebody? We'll just open the Bible and say, hey, I, I need something to bolster my argument or, or provide what I need right now. But then last week we talked about um, our vision. We get dust in our eyes as we go through life too, don't we? See, it's just the truth that the longer you live, the more dust you get in your eyes. And the harder it is to see. And as we begin to look around, we begin to go, God, where are you? And as we looked at the account of two disciples walking the road to Emmaus last week, we were reminded that Jesus, as he walked next to them, even though they didn't realize it was him, He will use his word. He'll start as his word to open our eyes to where he's at in the situation right in front of us. So that brings us to today as we wrap up. And I want to throw out a phrase to you that you often hear and I've often used when I've done funerals. It's based on Genesis chapter 3. From ashes to ashes and dust to dust. See, the reality is, as God tells us in Genesis chapter 3, we came from dust and to dust we will return. Now, that's about as morbid as it's going to get this morning, okay? But the real question that I guess I want to land on this morning is in that phrase, dust to dust, what does to, what, what does to have to it? I mean, that's a long time. Two is our entire lifetime. And how do you go through the two in dust to dust? And God says, well, as we've talked about the last few weeks, I'll give you my word to walk through life with that. But see, a lot of times we can, as we've been talking about, we can use it in a way it wasn't intended, just like Legos. When you throw them on the floor and, and, in an attempt to escape, that's oftentimes how we can use the word. And so this morning, as, as we wrap this up, I actually want to point us to a few questions that point at one big question. Because I, I know I don't want to, And I've talked to many of you who you don't want to continue to engage the Bible the way you've always engaged it. Because we engage it in a certain way that I believe with a a mindset shift informed by really our Savior, as you'll see here in a moment. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 55. That as you look at this shift in the way we look at his word, you end up walking forward and you look at it in a whole new light. Now, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 55, as I said. Just listen to what God says through the prophet Isaiah about this life. He says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Now, that's kind of weird, isn't it? He's using the word buy, but he says without money. There's no cost to it. You don't need any money for it. He continues, why spend money? On what is not bread, 
in your labor on what does not satisfy? And you could answer that, couldn't you? Why do we spend money on what is not bread and our labor on what does not satisfy? How would you answer that? I mean, the very simple answer that comes up in my mind is I, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be happy. I mean, isn't it true we all, at some level, we want to be happy? Yeah, I, I don't know anybody in here that I said, hey, do you want to be happy in life? I don't know anybody who'd be like, no. No, I wasn't aiming for that. Just halfway there would be good. No, every single one of us, we want to be happy. Well, he goes on. He says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Did you catch that word? Listen. He said, no, 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 just if you'll listen to my word, if you'll listen to my words, you will delight in something maybe you haven't had yet that money won't buy you. Verse 3, he says, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, and he's starting to go a direction here. And the truth is, if you and I were to look around, you and I live in, walk in a world that knows, we will, we will substitute the word happy for satisfied, won't we? You and I, given the chance, easily, and maybe without realizing, we'll substitute the word happy for satisfied, and we will pay anything to get it. There's an author named Michael Sandel, and he talks about the things we will pay to give us a sense of happiness. He says, the right to jump, this is back in 2012 when he wrote this. So adjusting for inflation, multiply by like a thousand here, okay? So anyway, the right to jump to the head of the line at Universal Studios, $149. Vacationers at Universal Studios can buy a special front of line pass that allows them to cut to the front on all rides, shows, and attractions. I mean, I don't know. Whenever I see those people going by, like at Waterworld, every time I'm like, I should have bought the pass. Totally should have bought the pass. Anyway, a prison cell upgrade, $90 a night. In some cities, nonviolent offenders can pay for a clean, quiet jail cell without any non-paying prisoners to disturb them. See, it doesn't really even matter the circumstances. We'll pay to have a little bit more peace and a little bit more happiness. Access to the carpool lane while driving solo, about $8 $8, which now, I, what is it now? Every time I'm going down C470, I just go, it's going to be like 20 bucks if I get in that lane, but it's kind of, it might be worth it, okay? We actually had a youth leader years ago who, um, he, he so wanted to be part of the carpool lane that he actually, he bought a mannequin. I don't know if he bought it or if he stole it, but he put, a, that's, that's a youth leader right there, okay? So he, he put a mannequin in his front seat until one eagle-eyed cop actually pulled him over. And uh, he got out of the ticket because it was just so creative. But again, like look at the lengths we'll go to, to be happy. <clears throat> Finally, your doctor's cell phone number. $1,500 and up per year. A growing number of concierge doctors offer cell phone access and same-day appointments for patients willing to pay annual fees ranging from $1,500 to $25,000. Amazing. And as much as we shake our head at it, I sit there and I think, yeah, I want to get to the front of the line. I want something different. I think that'll make me happy. An unknown author 
which likely means Mark Twain because every unknown quote goes to Mark Twain. Um, Or back to ourselves. You hear people that are like, I once said, and it's like, no, you didn't. But anyway, said this, money will buy a bed, but not sleep. Books, but not brains. Food, but not appetite. Finery, but not beauty. A house, but not a home. Medicine, but not health. Luxuries, but not culture. Amusements, but not happiness. Religion, but not salvation. A passport to everywhere, but heaven. It's true, isn't it? As you think about it. Now, there comes a point, and I believe this is what the beginning of Isaiah chapter 55 is getting at, is that at some point we come to the end of that pursuit, don't we? And to, to those who have come to the end of that pursuit, what does the Lord say? He says, come to me. Come to me, even though you have no money. Come to me if you'll just listen. If you'll just hear my word, you will delight in the richest affair. And he begins to show us how this, this works. A, a handful of verses later in verse 6, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. So you know what our ways are? We want to be happy. And if I'm honest, as I think about my relationship with God for too many of my years here on earth, I was willing to bribe him for a happy life. I was willing to bribe him. You know, church attendance, if I just go to church enough. You know, as we've talked about the Bible for the last month, if I just open this enough, if I just read this enough, if I will just do enough things, God, maybe you'll do something back for me. Maybe you'll give me a happy life. You know what it is? It's a bribe. We try to bribe him. But God, he says, my thoughts, verse eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, you and I, you know what we really want? We want God to give us a happy life. And instead he offers and gives a joyful one. Uh, there's, a, there's an author by the name of Max Lucado, Lucado, potato, potato, I still don't know. But anyhow, in one of his books, he talks about, he poses this question. Is a fish, and I want you to just answer this in your mind. Is a fish happy at the beach? Is a fish happy at the beach? I mean, think about it. I mean, you, uh, hopefully your first thought is no. A, a fish is not happy on or at the beach. Okay, oh, now let me ask you something. What if we were to give that fish $100,000? Is the fish any happier? No. Okay, what if you gave it a cold drink and said you have no schedule whatsoever? Is the fish happy? No. Okay, what if the fish ate right, engaged in a workout program, looked incredible in a swimsuit? fish happy now? No. You and I understand the fish is not happy until the fish is in the water. Because the fish wasn't created for the beach. And I have news for you. Whether it's water in your gills or air in your lungs, guess what? You weren't created for just the happy life that is that sandy beach for the fish. 
You weren't created for that. And I wasn't created for that. And God knows that. That's why he says, look, your thoughts, what you think you're after, what you think you, you'd like to, to reach or achieve or have, those aren't my thoughts. In fact, my ways of operating in this world, they're not even your ways. And so when you wake up in the morning and you see all these things that you think are going to make you happy, just know I'm not even operating according to that. Because God is after something much, much deeper and much, much, much more life-giving. And this is where Isaiah 55 begins to point us. It's some very useful questions that just came up for me as I was reading through it. So I want to walk through the rest of Isaiah chapter 55, but I want to pose four questions. And I want you to just think honestly about what is my engagement of God's word. There are four questions that come up, but before those come up, let me just read to you what the next few verses have to say. Because he really gives the pathway, not to happy life, but joyful life. Listen to what he says. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. In other words, just imagine the rain, imagine the snow, imagine the effect and the results and the work of those things here on our physical earth. He says, my word is just like that. In the soil of the human heart. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, I want to walk back through this, and I want to just ask a few questions. And these were, these were questions I had to just look in the mirror and ask myself. Because these four questions, when you answer these four questions honestly, it begins to give you a picture of how you've maybe engaged God's word, or maybe how it could look to engage God's word going out of here. And what its use is in our lives. So, back to the beginning of that. Look at this. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Now, I want you to think about what you imagine. If you were to hear a rainstorm or a snowstorm is coming, what is that mental picture you get? Because see, some in here, you're thinking like a torrential downpour. And maybe you're thinking of flooding, or maybe you're thinking of damage that it's done to your house in the past. Or maybe you're imagining a blizzard. And those could be the case. But then others of us, we get a little bit different picture. Maybe you get a a light shower or you picture like a blanket of snow, something calm and pleasant. And the question that this really brought up for me is, do I view God's word? When God says it's like rain and snow that comes down, do I view it as life-giving or life-taking? Do I view God's word as life-giving or life-taking? And the thing that Isaiah would point us to, and all of Scripture points us to, is that it's always, always, always a blessing. Even when his word wreaks havoc in our lives, it is always, always a blessing. But we have to stop and consider. Gosh, what, how, how do I view it? I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago. He talked about growing up in church. And there's this song that we've, you may be familiar with, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. Okay, and some of you are familiar with that. Well, it gets to this line where it says, you give and take away. You give and take away. And it's a line out of Job, the first chapter of Job. 
So maybe you're familiar with it, and I'm, I'm pardon the singing here, okay? But it's you give and take away. And then, and then he said his brother would lean over to him, and he'd say, but mostly take away. And I thought, that's exactly it. That can so often be our perspective on this word that he gives us. It comes down like rain and it comes, like, comes down like snow. And it always, always, as you'll see in a moment here, waters the earth. But how do, how do we view it? Next piece of the passage. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. And the question this ought to bring up is, is it a quick thing? Is it like a quick check-in every single day? Or is it a lasting thing? Is it something that we chew on, that we think on, that we come back to throughout the day? Even if you don't get to open it up in the middle of the day, do we come back to it in our thoughts? Because see, a lot of times, and this is what I was referencing last week, and by the way, now it's November. If you're doing like a Bible in a year plan and you've made it to November, keep going, okay? Don't hear me say here in a moment to stop. But a lot of times we approach the Bible with a volume approach, don't we? And volume's good. We should know all, all of Scripture. We should encounter all of Scripture. But a lot of times we fly through, and it's kind of like textbooks, where, you know, you, you've had the experience where you've read five pages and then you go, I have no idea what I just read. You know, or if you're on an app, it's easy to use it as a streak. You know, they'll, they'll keep track of a streak of how many days in a row you've engaged the word. Which feels really, really good when you extend that streak and then you just feel terrible um, when, when you don't. But a lot of times that's what we do. We come to it so, um, I, I, we come to it and we dissect it. Right? And the problem with dissecting something is it's, it's not alive when we dissect all the time. A seminary professor said, listen, if this is not bread to you first, you will not make it through the study session of it. It's got to be bread first. It's got to nourish us first. The passage continues. <clears throat> As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Did you catch those objects? Seed for the sower. This wasn't an optional item. The very thing that makes the sower a sower is that they have seed. In other words, this is, this is not a nice-to-know thing. This is a have-to-have thing. And bread for the eater. This is what the word does. It comes down. It gives life, it goes with us, it, it remains with us, and then it gives us something that makes us useful for what he has for us. And then finally, it says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this was probably the hardest question for me because it made me come face to face with this, this question or a couple of questions. Am I trying to be happy in my purposes or joyful in his? Do I want happy in my purposes or joyful in his? And, and there are some things in life that I could see that those line up, but there are many things where I, if I'm just totally honest, I want what I want. Lord, I want happy, but you can keep joyful. I want happy, 
but joyful doesn't seem to really line up with that. And so it's hard. It's easy to put this down. It's easy to let it just collect dust because it may say some things that I don't want it to say. And it may say some things that I don't want to hear. So these four questions, you know where they ultimately landed for me? And where I hope it'll land for you as you walk out of here, I'd like you to just consider God's word as you look at it. Is it bread or is it a bribe? Is it bread or is it a bribe? Because there are two totally different encounters with the exact same scripture, the word of God, when approached from those two different angles. Is it bread or is it a bribe? Am I trying to earn grace with it? Or is it a means of his grace that he's poured out on me? Now, if I'm completely honest, none of us, none of us can say, oh, it's bread all the time of our own efforts. We just can't do it. See, the truth is you and I actually need a savior to even straighten out our understanding of his word, to illuminate our word. Look at the first couple verses of this chapter again. I want you to notice this word that keeps coming up. Come, all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Did you catch that? Four or five times. He says, you want to know all you got to do? Just come. Just come to me. Do you want to know how this becomes bread in your life instead of a bribe that you hope he, he acknowledges and measures your performance. You know how it becomes bread instead? You gotta come to him. You gotta say, Lord, <laughs> I'm not trusting my ways anymore. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. We need a savior to straighten out even our understanding of, of the scripture. And when you do that, I love where Isaiah 55 ends. It says this. When you see God's word as bread, verse 12, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, which by the way, every morning I've been going outside waiting for this. But anyway, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. And instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. I'm not even sure what Myrtle is, but (laughs) he's given this picture of this dry, dry, parched land and the vegetation that goes with that. And he says, you know what? You could walk out into that and you will begin to see what he's up to in the world around you. This will be for the Lord's renown. This won't be for my happiness and your happiness. This will be for something so much deeper so much greater, so much higher, so much richer, the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. You see the difference in these two ways of engaging the exact same thing as we go through this life from dust to dust? See, happiness will run after of our, of our own accord, but joy, that, that much greater thing, joy is encountered when we come to him and we listen and we let his word nourish us, it actually becomes bread. I'll I'll end here. There was a a number of years ago, 
my wife and I were invited to a, uh, it was like a pre-opening of a restaurant here in town. And um, Kara came through the door. She was excited. And she said, hey, so there's this Saturday coming up that we, we've, I've reserved a spot. We get to go to this restaurant and we get to eat for free. I was like, okay, and whatever. And, you know, so, uh, and, and I just thought, and I went, I immediately got skeptical. I just went, there's got to be something to that. I mean, obviously, they're trying to raise attention. Obviously, they're trying to, to you know, uh, gain our business. You know, obviously, they're, they're trying to make us feel like we're indebted to them. And she's like, well, that's fine, but we're going. And I was like, okay, all right, we'll go. So the day came, and we got there. And I remember the entire time, she is just, like, so excited for this free meal. And I'm still just thinking, what's the catch? What's the catch? I mean, even read Isaiah 55, and you think, what's the catch? There's got to be a catch here. So we sit down at the table. Waiter comes up. He's like, hey, every single thing on the menu, it's free. We'll cover it. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, it's like bags of chips and a cup of water, something like that. And I open this menu, and it's just like all kinds of sandwiches, all kinds of burgers. And then I look over, and there's steak. You can get steak, but the whole time, what am I thinking? Well, it's probably this big. It's probably steak bites or something like that. And Kara's just like, can you just enjoy this? Can you please just enjoy this? I mean, it's a free meal. I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll go to a real restaurant after they give us these little bite-sized minis that they're going to give us in a few minutes. No joke, they came out, and I had this 12-ounce steak sitting in front of me. Now, you'd think that would have been enough. Guess what I did the whole time? You know what they're going to do? Taxes and tip. It's totally going to be taxes and tip. <laughs> they're going to get us with taxes and tip. And I got through this entire meal. And you know how I saw the whole thing? A bribe. It's a bribe. Just bribing us. And you know what happened? At the very end, waiter comes up. He's like, all right. Just to show you that we really are true to our word, here's your receipt. And, and it said, we, like, the, the total balance on all this food was like 67 bucks. And then it said amount due, zero. And I said, okay, well, what about, what about tip? He's like, no, even that's been covered. And I went, oh, my goodness. From this servant, from the servant who served up a feast, suddenly I got it. I had walked through this entire feast thinking it was a bribe. And the whole time, he was serving us a meal that was enough to fill us for days and days and days. That's what our servant, the one who served us, did at the cross. And so I send you out of here. As we begin something different next week, I send you out of here with one question Do you want it to be bread? or a bribe, because one of those is a much different experience in the journey from dust to dust. The choice is yours. Let me pray as the worship team comes back up. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we don't even comprehend the lavish gifts that you have in mind and in heart to bestow upon us, because Lord, too often, especially in America, we're looking for happy. Lord, just give me a happy life. And, and we're even willing to bribe you for a happy life. Lord, thank you for Isaiah 55. The reminder 
that you do want to give us something. And all we have to do, it doesn't cost any money, it doesn't cost any labor, it simply means coming to you. Lord, I pray for anybody in here that maybe they've heard this over and over and over, but maybe for the first time, you're nudging the heart just to come to you. Where maybe this entire, this entire journey has been seen as a bribe, no matter how long somebody's followed you or not. Lord, would you remind us that really what you want to do in your mighty, mighty, amazing grace is give us bread to nourish us, to carry out your purposes here on earth. And in so doing, have not a happy life, but a joyful one. And so Lord, give us eyes to see and illuminate your word for us to experience bread instead of a bribe. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.